Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody uh, to another episode of Two Guys in a Mic. Uh, this is our championship Sunday edition. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, better known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. Hope everyone is doing well. What's going on, Sean? How, how's Nothing your week? man. Same old, same old. The week was all right. You know, a little hectic, but it is what it is. So what about yours? It's been, uh, it's been kind of a little bit hectic here and there, but for the most part, it's been, it's been okay. I can't complain. Uh, you know, physically, like I said, I'm getting getting at least a little bit better, but I still got some okay. things I need to iron out with that. Uh, everybody else seems to be doing well. I mean, by everybody else in my house, that's what I mean when I say everybody else. Everybody seems to be doing well, so no complaints on the home front. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. A, I'm in a good. Aside from the Browns not being in either one of these games, I'm in a good zone right now. Um, I do really hate to watch football knowing that the Browns don't have a part in it. It bothers me, but I still yeah. because I'm a fan. You know what's weird? Everything now, like, not having fans in the arena, I've gotten used to it, what, in the stadiums, arenas, and whatever. I've kind of gotten used to it, but when you get to the playoffs, I miss it. So even though, you know, both Green Bay and KC – you know, have fans there. It just still doesn't seem like the usual, you know, like raucous atmosphere that it would be on a, a AFC or NFC championship yeah. game. Like, like the energy that those games bring, like, you know, going back in, for us anyway, going back in the 80s where, uh, you know, when we had the first time we had the AFC championship game and the divisional game, both. Uh, downtown uh, at the stadium and then the next year we only had the divisional game and we had to travel to uh, to Denver and I think the second time or the third time that we went it was I think we were home or no we was on the road both times we didn't even have a home game or no we did yeah we did because we beat when which year was that again 89 that's when we beat Buffalo and uh, then we went to yeah. Denver and won a right. game or played a game we won that was when Bernie was playing with the rubber band and <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but uh, those fans, you go back and you look at uh, some of those tapes or some of the YouTube videos or whatever, and the fans are like going berserk with every single solitary play, you know, right. with field goals. With so the energy that you're getting off of the the fans. Uh, if you're the home team, I mean, especially like in a place like Green Bay, where I mean, they that they probably have some of the best fans uh, in the NFL because they're just super duper loyal. Ain't nothing else there. What look? You just waiting on uh, those eight games a year in Green Bay because what else is happening there? Ain't nothing right. else in Green Bay, and that's not it's, a knock on Green Bay. It's just kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so it's. So it's always going to be fun. It's almost like a college town, you know, right? So it's always going to be fun when the games are on and they are super loyal fans. Uh, They're fun fans. I would like to go to a game up there, to be honest with you. Um, 
you know, they got one of the most venerable uh, stadiums in the game in any sports. So imagine if they had the 60,000 folks inside of there instead of, they said it was only 9,000. Once again, I'm oh, going to take man, it. it was more than 9,000 people in that stadium, man, please. <laughs> It was at least it was at least twenty five, bro. I, I, when they did the aerial shot, uh, and you know, I'm looking. I said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's nine thousand people on just this half of the on stadium. one side of it, right on one side of the stadium." It's like, come on, bro. I mean, listen. I when I was at the Browns game, I said the same thing. I know it's supposed to be twelve thousand people in here, but man, it's I don't know how you spread out. Uh, 12,000 people and make it look like 70,000 people. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but these guys right. have figured a way, they figured a way to do it. Uh, so as, and I think it's a little weird too, just kind of piggybacking off where you started the, uh, the conversation at. It is a little bit weird. You don't, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, it's a little bit weird watching these guys play without having the noise like to me it's amazing to watch sometimes how precise they can be it's amazing right. to watch how sometimes they can stay within the rhythm because like you expect on a on a big play i would expect to hear that roar if i'm at home or if i get a pick i'm expecting to hear that roar so when you don't hear the roar it almost feels like you wouldn't be as elated or as energetic right. because you don't get that extra boost but i'm seeing guys still you know, maintain that. That's a, that's in basketball. That's been in yeah. uh, baseball games. Like these guys still manage to keep the energy uh, up, which I, I thought would have been a little bit difficult. But. And what I noticed too, especially during the Green Bay game, and I guess it all has to do with the acoustics and stuff like that. So I guess because you can hear a lot of the player chatter and stuff like that, I noticed that Fox was filtering out some of the noise Mm -hmm. Just in case the players were cursing or something like that on the field, and you can you can hear like the 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 the, the volume levels going up and down. Yeah, they've been doing kind of like sensitive plays. You notice that too? They they they've been doing that uh, going back as far as the bubble uh, in the NBA okay. because of, you know because yeah. it's, it's now first of all you got to understand this the NBA and uh, the quest to make to make the game more intimate and bring the game to the fans, yada, yada, yada. They decide to put uh, microphones underneath the basket. Well, that's where all the action is at. So of course you're gonna hear cussing. Of course you're gonna hear, and you hear that when it's 20,000 people in the building. Mm -hmm. So now of course you still got these dumbass microphones, but no fans in the, in the thing. And I would notice like during the playoffs, the same thing you just said, like all of a sudden it'll go from, it sounds like it's, you know, you kind of in a, uh, in an open space and then it'll sound like you inside of a box. Right. Then it'll go back to sounding like you're in open space. Um, I think what I was getting ready to ask you though, like at certain points, because I do know that they have fans there, but at certain points, didn't it seem like the fan noise was actually just coming through speakers? Like it wasn't actual real fans. Like I feel yeah. like I felt like I'm not sure if that's the fans that are there or are they uh you know, pumping in the crowd noise yeah, like, the, early like to me, to me, that's what they should be doing. Like I would be pumping in all types of noise. Uh, but I think it's one of those competition things they try not to do that. But man, I 
listen, I would get fired. I'll be pumping in uh, the "Here We Go Brownies" chant from the from the crowd. <laughs> I, listen, I'll yeah. be going crazy in that box. They have to fire me, man. Because, <laughs> but I think, yeah. but like you said, especially, and this is how much you know it's needed. They've upped the number of people that will be at the Super Bowl. That's how much you know it's needed. You know, uh, I know I think half or close to half of those will be uh, frontline workers, which is awesome. That's great. But the other half of those people are going to be regular people yeah. who, who paid for uh, for those tickets. So um, that's how much they need to have fans in the in the building and not it's just gonna be like a total of is it like twenty two or twenty five thousand yeah something okay. yeah, something yeah, 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 something like hopefully that. man you know going into next season hopefully we can go back to just having you know full capacity or at least at least half. at least maybe over fifty at least over half. Yeah if you can get if you can get back to at least half I mean I know it's a process especially with uh uh with the COVID situation. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to be in terms of uh, of uh, vaccines and, you know, whatever else needs to happen before they just kind of lift some of this stuff. But I do understand or, that. Or, 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 or you could be like the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat uh, are going to have COVID sniffing dogs, which is like the most ridiculous thing what? that I've ever heard of in my life. Come on, man. So I'm not serious. Come on, man. COVID sniffing dog, so you go to the game and the dog don't act right. Come you gotta on. go home. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, man. That's that's absolutely like how does uh, how does dog and listen, here we are only about a year into this. Where the hell where the hell did you train this dog to sniff COVID? <laughs> what COVID what COVID smell like, uh Pooch? What, 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 what do you smell like, man? Damn. And, and you know, animals, said that animals can get this. If animals can get this, ain't that animal cruelty? What if the dogs sniff it and they end up catching it? Well, evidently, this is like something from the, the, the Germans have been doing. They said they were doing it last year. I don't know in what capacity, because I really didn't read the story. I saw the headline and I wasn't, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not about to read this. But evidently, that's where they got the idea from. Is that this was happening like in I mean, Germany? Okay, but I'm gonna have to here, get here, here's the other caveat too. Remember when COVID first started hitting, all these animals were catching it, like tigers, zoo animals, and stuff like that. And I was like, wait a minute. First of all, you're already talking about it's a shortage of tests. So who's testing these tigers? How y'all find that out? How y'all find out? Yeah, exactly. And went, why would you even want to test these animals anyway? Did y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, like, this stuff is about to get ridiculous with these uh uh vaccine passports that's about to start happening i guess i'd just be stuck in cleveland for the rest of my life hey listen for real you know we're trying to do a 30th uh for my high school reunion and you know go out to uh we're, i think we're looking at like jamaica in two years you know oh, okay um i'll just be at the crib yeah, hey, look, as yeah. long as we cancel within a certain amount of time, you get all your money back. So, right, you know what I'm saying? But let's move on. We, we, I we, know because we'll get off in another hour long. We, we, we do we get off to ain't no damn fans, and that does kind of suck, man. I, I, I can't lie. However, 
we actually had two pretty decent games today. I wasn't bored out of my mind uh, watching. I was bored with the second game. First the second game, game was, was a little more. The second game was a little more boring. Um, I think it was more exciting earlier, especially when uh, Buffalo went up early. Uh, you know that that kind of I'm like, oh, so what are these guys going to do? Are they going to be able to come back? Uh, are they going to be able to? And I, I mean, come on, we know that the Chiefs have the type of offense that can come back uh, on these guys. Right. So we 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 knew that was something was getting ready to happen. But let's uh, let's jump into this real quick. So the first game, the Bucks. And the Packers. It was a game that it felt a little bit weird to me because I'm like, I, I was pulling for if I was pulling for anybody, I really wasn't pulling for anybody, but I wanted to see. I'm like, yeah, this me is Aaron Rodgers fourth or fifth time here. It'd be cool if Aaron Rodgers get his ass to the to the Super Bowl again. He ain't been in ten years, but he's gonna have to, you know, play well enough to get past Tom Brady because there's something about the playoffs or something about uh, winning time that this dude he has to be somewhere around it uh, yeah. I came to the conclusion today I've been I've been holding it off the dude is the, <laughs> the greatest player of all time he's the GOAT man like I, the greatest, I just, greatest like, player greatest quarterback world quarterback I think, okay. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He now, to be honest, he he's probably in a discussion for greatest player. But I think today I've just I've always held that Montana was the guy. And I know we, you know, we existed in different eras or whatever like that, but right. there was nobody else who was even ever close to me to Montana. And when guys started saying this guy was the greatest, I don't think he's the most talented, to be honest. Uh, I still think Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented, but I think he's the guy that just, he has it. He got it, whatever it, the it that you want. Right, they're always talking about that it factor. I agree with that. He just um, has it. Yeah, because they jumped on Green Bay early, and he was dropping dimes, man. He was putting I mean, the ball where he had like right in the bread basket. Um, to me, <laughs> yeah, and to me, um, this game came down to, Missed opportunities by Green Absolutely. Bay and some bad coaching. Absolutely. At the end of the day, too. Um, and we'll and get to that because I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you what your sure. what your uh, take is on that coaching decision. And you know me. I'm big on how to coach, uh, what the coach decides in situational uh, uh, football situations because it, 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 it's important. So – like you said, early on, these guys were not joking around. They came right out. Boom, they scored. Uh, you know, Green Bay came back. They scored a field goal, so it was kind of close. And then Tampa came down, scored again. So I'm like, damn, these guys got to score a touchdown in order to keep up with them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they have to score a touchdown because it looks like time is on. Whatever uh, Bruce – uh, dialed up all those, you know, your first, say, two or three drives, which are scripted, man, they figured it out. So you got to be on. Tom, I mean, uh, uh, Aaron just went down and he scored. Okay, good. But they had so many missed opportunities. Even that field goal they kicked, they missed Devontae Adams three times. The first one he dropped, it was a right. perfect pass right behind him to the back shoulder, got him the space he needed, and he dropped it. 
you can't have. And 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 the, the ironic part about that whole thing is at least ironic coming from our perspective, if that if that was the Browns in that same situation, we would have had a complete conniption and meltdown mm-hmm. because they got down there first and goal and went straight to the shotgun. Mm-hmm. They didn't even attempt to run the ball at all once they got down there. And I'm seeing that actually I'm seeing that a lot um yeah. in these playoffs with teams being like overly pass happy. Um I was like, man, Aaron Jones been playing well. Um who's the backup? Jamal Williams. At, uh, least, Williams. at least try. I mean, for one thing, Tampa Bay does have a, a decent defense. And, and they didn't even try to run the ball down there at all. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you another question I had. When when you're down there inside the, I think they were like at the six or something like that. <clears throat> you're down here inside the red zone uh, in a in a championship game. You got a guy uh, back there, uh, the, the, their third running back, that uh, Dylan, uh, A.J. Dylan. Cat. Oh, yeah, 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 the big guy. He's 250 pounds. Give him the rock. Right. Just give, like, like, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not going to put them in the same position that I put uh, the Browns in and say they weren't running enough. What I'm going to say is, because I don't really understand all of the facets of their particular offense. What I will okay. say is, you're like you, alluding to what you're saying. They're inside the uh, the goal line, or excuse me, in the, inside the red zone. You've already thrown, you know, and sometimes I'm too much of a traditionalist. So you you threw on first down. I would have ran on first down. But what you chose to do on first down was perfect. It was a perfect call. And I think they did have a run called, and he changed it at the line when he saw single coverage versus mm-hmm. uh, Adams out on the out on the edge. Made a perfect throw. Adams dropped it. The second throw was kind of forced. I saw it was kind of forced. Uh, he was kind of patting, patting, patting. But now you've put yourself, right. you've taken yourself out of the potential to, to run the ball at all now because you've thrown on the first two. Now it's third and goal. We know you're throwing now because it's not like you at the one yard line. You're like at the six. So in my mind, as a defender or as the defensive coordinator, or even as just a regular casual fan, it seems like y'all don't want to run and y'all might be scared to run. So now I know you're gonna pass, and that's what they did, and they were double and triple and covering uh Adam, mm-hmm. but he still managed to get that ball to him. It was kind of a it was gonna be a tough catch. It wasn't an awful throw. It wasn't a good throw either. And it just wasn't just wasn't a perfect setup. So now you've given these guys the feeling of I'm up 14 to 10. They can't score on us. Going back to what was said in our game, uh, excuse me, in the, uh, in the uh, college game, when Herbstreit said the, you know, the, the crack in each one, either one of their uh, armors is going to be whoever kicks a field goal first. Right. Well, these guys kicked a field goal first, uh, uh, Green Bay. That I think that hurt them, but I'm going to tell you what really hurt them. That damn end of halftime, listen, man, I don't know who the hell is the defense. I do know the defensive coordinator. I can't think of who it is right now. It's so off for Green Bay, uh, Mike Pettin. Uh, Mike Pettin. It's Mike Pettin. Anybody who doesn't know, Mike Pettin used to coach the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he wasn't the worst coach we ever had. There was a lot going on in Cleveland. There was a lot going on. Yeah, that's a lot happening in Cleveland at the time. But uh, that could have been one of the worst 
And I'm starting to see that a little bit more. The end of half, big plays happening. Like teams don't want to just get back into your three safety cover and just play off the ball and keep everything yeah. in front of you. Like these guys are going single cover. First of all, this dude wasn't even on this man. He never made contact with this guy, and he's running towards the middle of the field. Yeah, I don't know what he was looking at. It was no safety help over like, the top. What are you nothing. doing? You just run right up the edge of that sideline and keep that guy in front of you. That's what you do. Then he lost like, track of his no man. He lost, he lost track of Mike Evans. and uh, No, it was not Mike Evans. It was, uh, no, Scott, that was uh, Scott, uh, Scott Williams. What's his name? Uh, Scott hold something. On. Hold on. That, that was uh, – the little slot Scott receiver. Miller. Scott, Miller. Scott Miller. That's his name. And he put it right there on the money. And that was what made it 28-10 going into the half. And that was pretty much it. But Green Bay That's did come back. They had, they had two decent drives after that. But they, they also played what? But see, they also had, and this is something that a lot of people keep missing, because people will say all day long, <laughs> we and we know it here in Cleveland because we don't win uh, in big games or whatever like that. So we sometimes find ourselves blaming other things for why we lost. Um, you know, the games don't end on certain plays. This game was not over. But you could feel the emotions and uh, and uh, just felt everything kind of get sapped out. The little bit of noise that those fans were making, they weren't making none of it after this play. But a couple plays before that, they dropped the interception that hit them clean in the hand. Yeah, sure did. And that could have deaded that whole situation. Even if you don't score, you know, you get the ball coming out. And this is what I mean when I say the big, these are big swing situations. You can't give Tom Brady that other opportunity. You can't give Ben Roethlisberger those other opportunities. You no, can't that's give. What, that's what sports is. Sports is a bunch of Little, you know, people just see the big plays, but there's a bunch of little stuff that happens during the game that really determine the outcome. People focus on the big stuff, but like that dropping that interception or not recovering a fumble when you have a chance to and stuff yep. like that, man. A lot of yep. that stuff turns the tide of the game, too. It could change now, everything. Right. Now, Green Bay did come back, mm -hmm. maybe what, 28-23. Um, but then here's the thing. Um, Tom Brady threw three interceptions in that second half. Yep. I think we'll think all three was in the second half. He may have thrown one in the first half. But I know he threw a total uh, of three. I think, he, I think he threw – wait a minute. Let me take a look. I, I can't remember if he threw – I can't remember if he threw two in the first or if he threw all three. I think I think he threw all three in the second. That don't mean nothing that that's possible. But, but the uh, thing is, the point is, is that I don't think the Packers capitalized on any of those turnovers whatsoever. And they, and if they did, they didn't capitalize enough. Like, you have an opportunity to, when you pick this guy, I remember watching Aaron Rodgers say to the defense after they scored that first touchdown of uh, the second half, or it wasn't, I may have been, it may have been the second one. He looked at the defense as they were, going onto the field and he was like y'all gotta stop them y'all gotta stop them like that that was that's what you're supposed to say to your to your guys you're supposed to give them that hey man y'all gotta stop them get us the ball back well when they got you the ball back you didn't score they didn't do nothing so, with it. so where is that you know when it comes to you and i like aaron Rodgers, 
you know, my, my point is you got to also, if, if these guys, and they did, because they got a couple turnovers for you, bro, to get you back in this game, what happened? What, where was your part in this? Because you got to have your part in this. This was after they scored the touchdown and went for the two-point. And, and let me tell you something. As Sean pointed out, missed opportunities. My man dropped a dime. Yeah, and Dominican Sue got his little hand on it, so it went from a tight spiral to sort of wobbly. But, man, that thing hit that dude right in his hands. Right, and he still got to make those catches. You got to make um, those catches. And, and credit to Tampa's defense, man. Um, a lot of times when Green Bay was moving the ball and making progress, they were coming up with big sacks. I know uh, Jason Pierre-Paul came up with a couple of huge sacks. Yep, he sure did. In the second half. And uh, I'm really impressed with Tampa's defense. I like Levante David, who happens to be a free agent. Uh, Andrew Berry, you know, so, you know, you may want to throw some money at that guy because we need a linebacker like that. A guy that's uh, yeah. put everything out there. But you that's another story. Another story for another day. Smart, right. smart but uh, active one. <laughs> Uh, I see people too were a couple of Packers fans online were blaming the refs uh, for that call at the end. Man, that dude almost pulled his jersey off. First of all, I, now I, I do agree. I do agree. And again, when you play the team sport, I don't care on what level. I really don't. I don't care on what level. When you play the team sport, if you played in high school, if you played in a rec league, uh, if you played in the pros, college, uh, down the street, at your homie's backyard. You want fairness in what's being caught. You and I have been in football games that have been stalled because somebody called interference or something, and we all knew it was bull. You know, like, man, you're just doing that to slow the game down or to stop us from scoring the win. We want you to at least be fair. It's the same thing on all of those levels. AAU, Summer League Baseball, uh, pal five, uh, you know, pal league football, you want the refs, the, the officials to be fair. If you're going to call bullshit on this end, all right, just make sure you call bullshit down there too. Don't call a ticky tack on this end and then call, uh, I'm going to wait till you get uh, your whole face slapped off before I blow my whistle. Right. They were, I will admit, they were allowing a lot more hands they were a lot more handsy in this game than I've seen in most games uh, this season. They weren't really calling anything, and then they called that play at the very end of the game. Now, I don't know. Again, I don't think that that play lost or won the game. Not saying that that play wasn't huge in losing the game. You had chances before that. That shouldn't have never came to that in that, in that situation. Right. Um, and then plus, it, that one to me was so egregious. I mean, you could see him. That's I, where, I, think, I think people were pissed off, too, that the flag came in late. It came you know, in super but, late. The flag came super late. But I agree with you, especially when you get now, if you're watching it from the TV angle, uh, I don't know where, which way the uh, the stadium actually faces. But if you're right. watching TV, you're kind of looking at it from a south to north kind of thing, just looking at it directionally. And then you got your, 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 your east and your west uh, positions as they're going to the touchdowns. Well, when they showed it from the west to the east and you saw how far he pulled his shirt, that changed my opinion of it. Because when you see it from the south to the north part, I'm watching this dude, uh, the defender's back. I can see right. his back. So I can't even see him 
how far he pulled uh, my man's jersey. Yeah, because when I, I first saw it, I was like, like, ain't no, like, he ain't even touching when I first saw it. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my point. So the referee that called it had that north-south, excuse me, that east-west where he's looking right. And I mean, this dude was two yards in front of him. And then what filled the gap between those two yards was his damn jersey. So if nothing else is a hole, if nothing else, it's a hole. Even if it's not pass interference, it's still a penalty. So they're going to call it. They're going to get a first down. Yeah, really to me, what, what, what sealed the fate for Green Bay when they had that fourth in the fourth quarter, you know, it was two minutes left in the game. You was fourth and nine. And you kick a field goal. And by kicking a field goal, all it did was cut the lead from eight to five. So that means you still have to go down and score a touchdown. So to me, you just go for it at that point because now you're giving the ball back to um tom brady yeah you got three timeouts but there's no guarantee that you're gonna get that ball back and you didn't get the ball back well here's 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 a question that i have because i thought once they got down there i thought and i'm not a head coach and we know that you know i have problems with coaches in certain situations but I said to myself on second down, all right, they missed that, but it don't matter. I think it was a pass or something. I said, well, it don't really matter. This is four down territory. That's exactly what I said. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a coach. But in my mind, I said, oh, it's four down territory. So they'll probably go for it on fourth down. You can still run the ball. You can still get some yards and get yourself uh, in a little bit right. closer, et cetera, et cetera. But when I saw the... When I saw the, the kicker come out, I said, I tried to rationalize it. Like, and again, this is, I don't know if I would have done the exact same thing had this been the Browns, but these are some of the areas where when you're not emotionally invested in the game, you can still kind of make a clear headed thought process behind it. So I was trying to rationalize why he did it. Like, why would you go for the, for the field goal here instead of, trying for the touchdown. Now think about this. If they come out of there with no points, how is that any different than coming out of there with three points? Like, and I'm, I'm asking this. Like, it, was, it was no different at all. That's why you go for it. No, go ahead. That's, 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 I think that's why you go for it and you try to tie the game up then on that drive because kicking the field goal doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference. doesn't make a difference if you're down by, by five or if you're down by eight and you, you get the ball back to Tampa. You still got to score touchdowns, but don't, Put yourself in a position where you give you hoping that you're gonna get the ball back from you know the Bucks with two minutes to go. Well, I mean, and you're, you're three timeouts. So now think about this though. How about this? At that point in the game, we done picked off Tom Brady three times. They didn't score. Uh, they hadn't scored a touchdown since the middle of the third quarter. Maybe he feels like my defense is playing better. So we probably can get this stop. Probably. Still wouldn't have done it. Just, just because of the numbers game. Because you still have to go back down and get a touchdown. Either way. You see what I'm saying? Like those, those three points don't make no, a difference. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm, 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 
and I'm not I'm not arguing the point. And I'm trying not to belabor the point. I'm I what you're saying. To, no, no. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying. trying to like play like a devil's advocate kind of. Right. Like, so yeah. because in that situation, I wasn't like totally like, and I was trying to think like, if this was the Browns and Stefanski said, "All right, we're gonna go for the <clears throat> for the three in this situation," I'm trying to rationalize why that would be his thought process instead of just jumping off a ledge and, and coming down to do a stroke like that was the stupidest thing yeah, ever. No, it wasn't, that, it wasn't the dumbest thing ever because you got three timeouts plus the... And I think that's where the I come in warning. I, I was kind of like... was going by the old school book. That That's the, the old school way. Come out of here with some thing. points. Yeah, come out, with, come out of here with some points. Yep. We get the ball back and if we go back down and score a touchdown, then we win instead of you know, previously being yeah. down by eight, you got scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yeah. So, like, to me, I'm not going to kill him and just say, hey, it's the worst decision ever. I just didn't agree with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. But I and also I wanted to, I kind of wanted to pick your brain but, in terms of, because, again, you hear, you know, everybody on Facebook, uh, and we're on Facebook too, by the way. Uh, everybody on Facebook is an expert, apparently. Right. We've all been the best at something at some point, and none of us can understand how in the hell somebody makes these mistakes in these types of situations, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that I like to do on the show or try to do on the show or try to do through the show is have uh, especially when we can be uh, non-emotional. If this was the Browns, I'd probably uh, have thrown something or Sean might have hung up on me already. <laughs> I'd be so emotional and so frustrated right. that we didn't do something in the game. But when I'm able to kind of pull myself out of that and have a, I can watch this game and understand the game, how the game is played, so I, I want to ask questions of people that I respect their opinion. That's why I'm asking Sean these things, because Sean has watched enough football, and I trust that whatever he's saying about that specific situation, the field goal versus going forward on fourth down, how important that can be in changing the game, not just in the regular season, but damn sure in the playoffs, because that's something right. that if you've never been in, in, you know, encountered that, like I've been in games where it's certain stuff that don't happen all the time. You get in that spot, and if you've not been prepared for that, you're it's a possibility. Right. And, and that's where coaching experience comes into play yeah. too. Like 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 LaFleur, this is his second year, first yep. time in the NFC championship game, yep. and you gotta make a decision. Um, yep. lickety split, you gotta make that in like a, a few seconds. You don't have all yeah, day. You ain't got all day. Ponder. You got you stuff, you got the headset on, you got people in your ear, you know, yelling you out quarterback, stuff and everything going on. Wait, your Hall of Fame quarterback staring at you like, right. So you have to make that decision, and you got to make that decision, like Sean said. I could tell, too, on the sidelines, once he made that call and kicked the field goal, I saw one of the assistant coaches kind of yelling at him. It just, I mean, he had his, the mask on, so you couldn't. Really he tell how he was being, but I could tell by the, by his motion, you know, he was really kind of upset that he and and you can see uh, Lafleur was kind of talking to him, trying to rationalize why he did what he did, and then Aaron Rodgers after the game wasn't, until he wasn't happy about that call either. Oh man, listen, 
I've seen Aaron Rodgers upset before. I have. I mean, I watch I watch football a lot, and they're in the playoffs a lot. So he's had worse teams. Some of his teams that he lost, he was just mad because he lost. This team was actually pretty solid for him. I think they were good enough to win this game. Uh, so, but he's also at that point in his career where he like, I don't know how many more of these I got in me. Not that he's right. super old, but he's starting to hit that oh, spot. up there, man. Remember, he sat out. How many years did he sit behind par of three? Uh, four, three four, or four. Something like that. And but that's so- what I mean. Like, But what I mean is, yeah, he's up in the age, but he's not at that age where he's not like Phillip Rivers where, where like, man, I, I – yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's not, not like at that, that point. But he's, but- at, he's, he's about three years ago with Phillip Rivers where you're starting to ask yourself, do I still want to continue to do this? Do I still think that we can do this? He's at the, you know, Drew Brees. Drew Brees probably could have retired two or three years ago, but he's been chasing right. that elusive moment uh, because he's gone out of the playoffs in some tough spots. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, this is the, one of the better teams that he's had uh, defensively and offensively in a, in a good while, in a really good while. Uh, and he knew that, again, that time is fleeting. Remember a week ago, remember when we lost, I was pissed off because I understand that. You don't get these shots all the time. I didn't even realize this. This was his first time ever hosting an NFC Championship game. In my mind, I'm like, really? Really? I was like, for real? I would have thought he hosted two of them by now. So the they year they went to the Super Bowl, they went on the road? Yep, they won three straight on the road. Okay. So what I'm saying is these opportunities, these chances, people just assume you're going to get these chances again. Everybody's not the Chiefs who gone to three straight AFC championship games and two straight Super Bowls. Everybody's not the Bills from the 90s who went to four straight AFC championship games and four straight uh, Super Bowls. That don't happen. Or three straight Super Bowls for uh, – the uh, the Cowboys and four straight NFC championship. That stuff ain't regular. That right. ain't regular. That's an anomaly. Those are anomalies, man. Most other people, now you might. And it's a long grind. Like that, you have to yeah. go through the whole offseason program yeah. through the and preseason. Another Look, 16 games. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. No, I'm just saying, you go, you got to go through that whole grind again. So Aaron Rodgers is thinking, man. This is yep. year, I don't know what, 13, 14. I got to go through all this again. We had a golden opportunity. The whole play. The whole play I got to go through all over again. From being disappointed at who they damn draft or don't draft. Because they have this thing where they just don't want to get this guy real talent in the draft offensively. Um, and I know that that's frustrating. So you got to go through that whole thing again. Then go through the potential of free agency and then go through uh, the potential of OTAs and then, you know, all that whole situation just to get to September. <laughs> right. <laughs> and start to do it all, all over exactly. again. Man, and but shout know, out to, to, to Tampa, man. I think we kind of spent a lot of time on what Green Bay didn't do. But oh, shout no, out to Tampa, man. Tampa, Tampa love, had a man. great. Tampa that had front a line game plan. That front line uh, that Tampa has, uh, 
did a really good job of tucking uh, Aaron Rodgers in. They didn't give him the freedom that Aaron Rodgers generally has. Uh, these guys covered well. I, I don't even I don't even really know uh, that. Uh, first of all, uh, Jordan Whitehead. Before he got hurt, this guy was putting his helmet and shoulder and forearm on every football he, he saw. He was lighting cats up. He had forced two fumbles. Uh, one was huge. One was huge. That actually uh, changed the 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 momentum early in that third quarter that Aaron Rodgers really needed. You take that touchdown off the board if you don't turn that over. Not to say that Tampa wouldn't end up or find a way to score again, but you take that touchdown off if you don't fumble that ball. Totally different ball game. Right. Totally right. And, and Leonard Fournette offensively looks rejuvenated. He played well. They didn't use him much this season. I think he was hurt a little bit. They kind of had Ronald Jones kind of the feature back. And Ronald Jones got hurt towards the end of the season. And they brought Fournette kind of back out. But Fournette, man, looks like uh, that a was new a great man. Run. Right now. That might have been one of the better runs I've seen. Uh, it's yes, one, he did the, the spin move. Yeah, the 17-yard yeah. joint to the touchdown. Yeah. Like, that was huge because he actually was caught in the backfield. Right. They, they, it looked like he was going to either get a one-yard loss or or like get stopped at the at the uh, line of scrimmage. Next thing I know, this dude is running down the sideline, taking hits and spinning into the end zone. Right. So, again, you're right. Shout out to Fortnette. Uh, shout out to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Last year they were 7-9. Yeah. And, and uh, it's the, the first team in history – that playing a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Home stadium. I mean, we've come close a couple of times with some other folks, but uh, you know, shout out to to TB12. Shout out to the Tom Brady haters. To a lot of people were saying that he was a system quarterback in you know New England. It was Bill Belichick. Blah 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 blah. So even win or lose, whether he wins next week or not, man, he went to another franchise hey, and took him to a Super year. Bowl. In the and second one year, he went to a franchise. Remember how they were saying he was washed up early in the season? Yep. And people forget, man, when you change, you've been in one system for 20 years. You, it's going to take you a minute. You could, you could take you a while to learn a new one. You know, people want things to click automatically. I don't care, you know, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good you are. It takes some time to, to, to you know, uh, get over that curve, that learning curve for who this coach right. is. Because those coaches don't know you. Yeah, they expect greatness out of you because you're a Hall of Famer, but right. they also don't know how to work with you, don't know how to talk to you in certain situations. Like you looking at Bruce Arians, uh, you know, being Tom Brady, like, yo, what you talking about? Bruce Arians ain't never been in that spot before, per se. So He's almost looking at you like, shoot, I don't know. what. So what do I do? What do y'all normally do in this spot? And Arians is a, is a really tough guy. He's a hardcore dude. So I'm going to give a shout out to Bruce because he relented a lot to Tom Brady, especially in the second half of the season, uh, to allow his team to flourish and look at where it got him. Sometimes it's not about your way and sometimes it's not about what you're used to doing. Sometimes you got to give a little bit in order to really have full success and you'll still get the credit for it. So shout out to Bruce Arians for, for getting over that hump uh, as a head coach. Um, 
definitely shout out to TB12 and all those guys on, on that team. I don't think Indominus Sue. He's been on some good teams, but he's been a part of teams that were supposed to get over and get into Super Bowls. Uh, he got a real shot this time. I thought they might have won when he was in uh, L.A., but they got a shot. Uh, he might he might get his first uh, title. Especially yep. after all those years in uh, <laughs> all those years in Detroit, Detroit. yeah, uh, where he never came close. So uh, I thought that game was was the best of the two games. It was not even uh, close to me. It was easier to watch. It was it was a you know I was engaged in the game. I didn't want to like get up and and go do stuff. I only got up and did stuff during the timeouts or whatever. Uh, our second game though was slightly different because I always I pretty much expected. I I didn't. What did I tell you about the Browns and their opportunity playing the Bills? And I kind of saw that today. I told you one of my biggest issues with us losing wasn't just us losing. I felt like this was that opportunity. We get past these guys. I think we can beat the Bills. Not because we're like better, better than the Bills. I just don't think that they were prepared to be in the conference championship. They like weren't. We, we were um, right there. Buffalo had one of the worst game plans I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm exaggerating because I'm sure it's been other bad games. Like That's this. why I'm laughing because I know you're but, exaggerating, but at the same time, there were, there were points in it. What did I say last week on the show? I said, I would, if I beat, if I beat being the Browns, if I beat Mike Tomlin, and then I turn around and I beat Andy Reid, I take my chances with Sean McDermott. Didn't I, mean, I say did. that? You didn't did I say that? that? I'm telling you. And I, I would have. There was to, to me, here's where I knew that Buffalo was gonna lose this game. So they jumped out early, they jumped out nine to nothing. First of all, you missed some extra points, can't leave points on the off the field, <laughs> on the field rather, against the Kansas. I don't care if it's yeah, it, it, it an extra point, field goal, whatever. You need as many points as you can get because you know they're a quick strike team, they're gonna come right back at you. Yeah, there was a play, I want to say. Might have been in the second quarter, third and long, um, and uh, Josh Allen tries to avoid a sack and his intentional grounding. That was and when, tough, he, man. And that when was he's tough. coming off the field, he looked like a deer in the headlights. His the eyes were like wide open, like a crackhead. Just, you know. And I said, you know what? I like this kid is overwhelmed. <clears throat> yep. And he's he's not he's not he wasn't ready. For for that stage not at all, that, he wasn't making the reads well. Um, and the way that KC was defensing them, KC was like, "Well, you guys, Buffalo doesn't. They don't even try to run. They don't even pretend like they're gonna run the football at all." And now, KC was playing man to man press coverage, uh, very physical on those receivers, and knock their timing off that whole game. And my thing is, huge. the few times Buffalo did run the ball with like T.J. Yeldon up off, I don't know where they dug T.J. Yeldon up from. I don't either. I ain't seen I that dude in the league in about, about three or four years since he was in Jacksonville. I don't know where they dug him up from. I didn't even know that he was on their team, period. Right. And the few times they gave him the ball or Singletary, they got about four or five yards. Singletary didn't pop. do so as good, but 
Uh, right. TJ Yeldon, Yeldon had about five a carry or close to five a carry. Something like that. Uh, and I know you can't keep running your quarterback, but Josh ran the ball uh, pretty well. He almost had 100 yards. Uh, yeah. Something like that, like seven carries. For eight. But you don't want your quarterback yeah. doing that. But you, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't, you don't want to – I mean, he's not – no matter how good he is uh, running the ball and how, how mobile he is – you really don't want to keep putting targets and, and opportunities to be hit on your right. quarterback. So, but I was like, if Buffalo, like if y'all just switch up, mix it up a little bit more, you might actually have a chance to to compete in that game. But they were just insisting on throwing the ball. Um, also, Buffalo is another um, team that had missed opportunities today. They were getting the red zone. Them fools kicked. How many points did they score today? Fifteen. Uh, twenty-four. So, so they, oh, so they, they got a, they got a late a late touchdown. Yeah, they got That's a late right. They got a late touchdown. Not count, but they ended up kicking three field goals. They kicked uh, something one, like two, that. Three, one, two, three, four field goals. Yeah, they kicked four field goals. Like you can't do that against Kansas City. You have to at least two of those, preferably three, got to be touchdowns. Yeah. If you're gonna stay in the game, and and to me, that's where they lost. That that game plan to me was just was awful. Um, KC was very aggressive on defense. I mean, very aggressive on defense. You know what I saw? Um, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, bro. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go got ahead. it. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. You know what I saw? Well, first of all, did I say they kicked three field goals? He uh, or did I say four? They you said uh, four. Okay, okay, it was four. But uh, defensively, the Chiefs played the exact same game they played against us uh, defensively. They just kind of came, they came running downhill. They really weren't expecting them to run, uh, like you said. No, they didn't. The biggest thing that they did, though, was that they were, they were chipping and, and pushing every one of those uh, guys that came off the line. So, and, and, who, who am I speaking about specifically? Cole Beasley wasn't getting those open. I'm going to run seven yards and nobody's on me. And now this random linebacker or safety who's trying to run down into the into the uh, slot to pick me up. I'm already ahead of him on my cut. So I got this easy. No, I'm going to bump you off this line, run you off your route a little bit, at least rub you off a little bit, which throws off the timing. They were just throwing off that timing. They did the same thing uh, to Steph. Steph didn't have the kind of game that you want or need to have uh, in order to carry this team to that next uh, championship level. You have to be almost unstoppable. Um, and, and again, again, these are some of the things that I have issues with uh, Stefanski's game plan because he wants it to be a team thing. You're going to need somebody to stand out, somebody to be almost unstoppable because you're going to need them to play unstoppable in certain points and in certain pockets. But in this particular game, that was huge, running them off of those. And they kept blitzing. They kept sending blitzes from the edges. It was like third down. I said, they're blitzing. They're blitzing. I don't know which edge they're coming from, but they're blitzing. They blitzed almost every third down. They blitzed from the edges with the safeties. They blitzed from the Listen, uh, I said this a long time ago, and I wish we would have picked him up when Tyron Matthews uh, came into the league. I said, 
Browns, if you ever anybody ever have a chance to get this guy, I know he got problems, but his instinctive football ability is completely off the charts. It's completely yeah, off the charts. Yeah, KC safeties, man. Him and that kid Sneed, who's yeah. a rookie. Yeah, um, but they're very physical, man. They play fearless. They're gonna come up on the line. They're gonna play the run. They ain't gonna play the pass. Um, I kind of underestimated because KC's defense was kind of wishy-washy all year. So I kind of didn't really give them no credence, man. But um, the last two games, you know, in the playoffs, their defense has played pretty well. Now, the only difference, I think, the way that they defense Buffalo and us, even though they they brought guys up in the box against us to defense the run, I think they were playing like a little bit more zone. Because, like, our pass, our receivers were a little bit more open in space than Buffalo. Buffalo, they were, they were playing straight man-to-man press physical coverage because they knew that Buffalo wasn't going to run the ball at all. And that part, I totally agree right. with that. Because they knew they had to deal with Nick Chubb and Kareem. So if we had gotten the ball to them a little bit more, it could have changed how, uh, you know, how the game ended up. And, you know, that's how I feel. But I agree. Right, 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 you got right. some guys on the edges. When you run to a certain point, and I'm talking about Buffalo, this is where this could help them. So I see Buffalo probably going out this year and looking for a stud at running back. I don't see them saying to themselves, Devin Singletary's our guy. I don't see them saying to themselves, TJ Yeldon might be our guy. I think they're probably going to have to find a platoon of things to happen uh, because they might need to you know, just shore up the running, the running back situation. Right. They're going you know, to have to too, That was weird now, too, is like KC doesn't run the ball either, but they're able to get away with it. Well, they have – Andy Reid is one of those West Coast offense guys. So while they don't run, they do run a they, lot of short passes. Short screen, yeah. Screen I got, I got passes you. that create a running effect on – on uh on right. defense that's that's a good point that's a good point. a lot of jet sweeps they do a lot of jet sweeps uh well not a lot but they do jet sweeps um and they look good doing it like it just looks like it's a it doesn't look like it's a gimmick sometimes our jet sweeps look like gimmicks right you know it looks like you're because like the way baker might pitch it or the way we might catch it or the way we might hit it's no like I'm holding it, holding, holding, holding it, or I'm trying to act like I caught this and run out like I caught it to just throw the defense off. It just looks like some sort of a gimmick that we're just trying. Something that I think we'll continue to work on because I think the offense, excuse me, the NFL offenses are moving towards this type of offense. This is about, this is getting ready to be the new thing. This movement motion type of offense where you got guys running down the line at 60 miles per hour and they get the damn hike, uh, the snap rather, and, and they just catch it and run around the edge. You might only get six yards, but guess what? That's one less hit your damn running back gets, one less hit your quarterback gets, and now it's second and four. Right. Like, it's just, it's another creative way to, to kind of create the run. Um, like I said, I kind of lost a little bit of interest in the game, especially after halftime when they came out. Uh, actually, a little bit before halftime when they when they went up, uh, what was it, twenty-one to nine or something like that. 
even though they weren't out of the game, or what was it, 21 12? I'm sorry. Yeah, like Buffalo kept kicking field goals. It was 21 12. And, that was, and that's where field 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 field. Field. even though they weren't yeah. out of the game, I didn't see where they were going to. They have the ability to score. I didn't see where it was coming from. I agree uh, that Josh looked a little baffled. He damn sure looked baffled when he threw that pick. Like when he threw that pick that in the second half, uh, what's, what's the kid's name he threw it to? Uh, bounced right over John Brown. <clears throat> he was covered by three people. Now, he, I don't know how he got that ball in, but he did. He got the ball in, and as he was spinning around, he just lost the ball and then got picked off. Right. And he was sitting on the ground. And that was when I saw what you saw probably a little bit earlier in the, in the quarter. He was sitting on the ground and he just had this look like, like, uh, I don't, I'm doing everything I can. Like he was exasperated. I'm doing everything I can. Not like he was blaming his guys, but right. he felt like, I don't know what else I can do to he change. He was taking bad sacks today too. You know, yeah, losing oh, like 12, that, 15 yards on sacks. Listen, to just when he the ball took that damn dumbass 12-yard loss on his sack. Yeah. I, he did it I like twice. Him, but I'm like, what is he doing? You don't one, they don't want he throws the football at Frank Clark. You know, you could tell you for the don't 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 show the other team you for because they were that now they know that they're in your head. And that's pretty much ball game, but you know, Buffalo had a good season. Josh Allen is growing. I will give him credit, man. I didn't think he would get to this point in his career. He was um, mad and accurate in college and his first two years. So I expect Buffalo to make, you know, whatever change they need to be. And I think there'll be a team that, that you have to reckon with. And the AFC, as a matter of fact, the AFC is, is going to be flat out like a gauntlet, man. It's like the almost the Western Conference how I was in the, in the NBA a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where you just got all these up-and-coming teams now. I mean, you still got to deal with Tennessee, Browns coming up, uh, Buffalo, KC still. You know, you got teams like the Raiders are kind of bubbling under the radar. You know, are they going to take the next leap? Next next leap, you got Baltimore still. Still not going to count out Pittsburgh with time. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of stuff you got to do with. Um. You know, in the AFC, man, so it's going to be uh, some tough sledding ahead. But I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, football is better when you have um, not only your, your your core teams like the Browns and, you know, Steelers and, and you know, those teams being good, but you're seeing like, a, you know, these young guns, a lot of young good quarterbacks coming up, man. So it's a lot of good. It's a lot of yeah. good-looking football players, period. Right. Like, it's a lot of guys that – um, especially wide receivers. Like, it's a lot of wide receivers that you you don't kind of know them because you don't watch their – you know, we don't get those games per se. Right. Uh, but when you get a chance in the playoffs and you start to see, you know, John Browns – and John's, John Brown has been around for a little bit, but you see the, the difference in how he plays now versus how he might have right. used to play, say, two years ago or whatever. You start to see a difference and see a growth same thing like with the co- uh, with the quarterbacks. Start to see a growth in a guy like Josh Allen. I didn't think Josh Allen was going to be anything. I'll be honest with you. The way they talked about him, I thought Josh Allen, the way he is now, was going to be Sam Darnold. Right. Um, and that was – that's totally different than what 
was being talked about um, than what anybody was giving any credit for uh, in that situation. So, uh, you know what? Shout out to, to Josh. I'm not a big Sean and I both had the same idea when it comes to Bills fans. Uh, we're not we're not big fans of Bills Mafia. We get it. We get it though. We understand it. So don't get that part twisted. We're Cleveland Browns fans, so we understand. However, we ain't big fans of that whole uh, fan base. But just in all fairness, I think these guys got a really good team uh, moving forward. They got to find a running back. They got to find a running option. Josh Allen can't throw 48 times. Or, and then just, or just, you know, make an effort to try to run the football. I don't know if it's because Singletary is bad. Or if it's they, just that they, they just don't. Wait, listen, just I'm not saying that Singletary is bad, but yeah. my, here's my guess. Here's what my guess is. And it's just a guess. <clears throat> but if you're not using them, it's either that you don't trust them or you don't want to use them. Like to me, you do know that you have to run. Uh, the, the leading rusher today was Josh Allen. So you don't want your quarterback throwing 48 times. And then running seven times. Right. Uh, that's 55 opportunities for somebody to hit my quarterback. Exactly. I'll you agree. gotta you gotta you gotta try to find a way to balance that out. And you balance it out. Even in hell, to your to your actual point, bro, McDermott, you gotta understand something. Even if you just try to run more, it could be a difference. Just try. Stop putting everything on that kid's arm right now. I know he's young, so he probably wants to throw 40, 50 times a game. Who, who wouldn't when you got a nice arm like he has? But don't put the whole game on your guy. This is another reason why I don't have as big of an issue as some people have with Baker. We have a team that's balanced enough that we don't have to put the entire game on Baker if right. we do things the right way. Again, that's another part of my frustration. Run the ball. Take some of that. If, if we run the ball and score two touchdowns off running, now we're up 14 to whatever. Oh, Baker has to Baker ain't got to bring us back. Baker now just has to play regular pitching kids football. Not saying that every game is going to go that way. I'm just saying you put yourself in better position and better situations when it can go that way. And we have a situation that the Buffalo Bills don't have. We have two very good Ever. running games. And we have one of the best running games and one of the best running uh, offensive lines, well, offensive lines, period. And hey, your audio was off like a little bit. Uh-oh. Can you hear me now? Am I good? Right. Yeah, I can hear you just sound like that you look kind of distant. Oh, muffling a little bit. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you you want you want to try to utilize those guys. That's why I said, hey, I I don't know if they don't want or don't think that Singletary is any good. It just doesn't seem like they do because they're not using the dude. Right. I mean, he has, he has six carries today. That don't sound like a team that truly believes that they got a running back. Yeah, because it wasn't at any point in the game that they were completely out of it until they got to the, you know, late in the third quarter. But earlier, I mean, yeah, they weren't really doing too much, but they weren't out of the game where you just didn't utilize the running game at all. But so we got a uh, Mahomes-Brady Super Bowl, which I know that the 
NFL and Goodell is salivating over that, especially at a time with, with COVID going on. Can't have the usual buildup and hype because I don't even think the players probably can't even go to Tampa early for the whole, you know, media thing. And they probably got to wait maybe a couple of days before the game before they can go down there. Yeah, like how uh, do how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, to, how they're going to do all that. So at least you'll just have that that you can, you know, you can hype up for two weeks, a whole match of old school versus new school. You know, can uh, Mahomes beat Brady again? And, and the throw, I think this is like their third matchup in the Something like that third or playoff. Yeah. 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 So um, it'll be interesting. I guess we, in our midweek show, we go ahead and, Kind yeah, of we'll break it down. Us to make our predictions, but I think it's a very intriguing matchup. Yeah, yeah we'll um, break that down over the midweek. Um, yeah. So overall, I thought the games were good, but uh, I think that would have been better if the Browns would have been in. Of course, everything is better with the Browns in it. It's my own opinion. Uh, but it would have been a whole different show right now, win or lose. It would. Oh, um, oh my God! Number one, I'd be. I'd probably be extremely drunk right now. Listen, God forbid, emotional. God forbid, we would have won the game. You're at, well, listen, we, won. we, we may not even had a show had they won. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know how that would Yeah, because we'd probably be on the street. I mean, it's about 15 degrees outside. I'd have been outside with no shirt. We'd probably be in the street somewhere, right? We'd be outside partying somewhere. Just all the Mr. COVID, COVID everywhere. We out there kicking it. Like I don't even care. Still we out here. We out here. We get right. Uh, so yeah, it would have been a totally different show. And if we lost, of course, it would have been the whole. It, it would have been basically uh, Sean and I going back to 1987, 88, <laughs> uh, meeting up outside uh, just to go play because our mothers were sick of us. Uh, crying and whining in the house, being all grumpy and stuff. Right. Um, I think I think you may disagree with me on this. This is gonna sound completely irrational. What I'm about to say, there was a part of me that was like, if the Browns were to go to the Super Bowl this year or do something like that, that it would have been bittersweet. Because I want when we finally do go, I want the the whole experience. I want the fans to be able to be involved. I want us to be partying in the streets, bars packed, everybody going nuts. Like we had when the Cavs won. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So a, a piece of me when we love, yeah, I didn't want to lose, but I was like, well, when we do do it, man, because it'll probably be the only time that we get it. I'm like, I want to have the full, I want the parade too. Like, if we would have won this year, we wouldn't have had no parade. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to be robbed of that experience yeah. so and so in a way not saying that i wanted us to lose but i just said that if we did you know, i wanted the whole it could it would have sucked that if we did it this year and then the fans after waiting so long to uh finally get one if we could not uh appreciate it because we really couldn't really enjoy the season the way we wanted to this year either no you know? we couldn't. can you imagine how crazy the stadium would have been man man first energy would have been on fire um this year with the way that we were playing especially having the a playoff clinching game at home against your ri hated rivals, stuff like that, man. So hopefully that, crazy. that game would have been nuts. Uh, right. So COVID, I need you to cooperate so we can get back, you know, to full board next year. So um, what did you want to talk about next, man? Did you want to talk about some of the coaching hires or non-hires? 
Let's talk about some of the coaching hires real quick. Uh, you know, some of them were, you eventually saw some of these guys getting hired eventually. It's only a matter of time, uh, some of these guys. But then there's some other parts that just I'm left scratching my head a little bit, man. Um, so here we are, and it's the end of the season. We only got two more teams playing. Uh, this is essentially the beginning of the uh, offseason for uh, every other team except the two teams that are in uh, the playoff, uh, excuse me, in the Super Bowl. Uh, so that means all the other teams are doing all of their hiring, all of their firing if they haven't done that. And they're probably all starting to get their ideas about the front office, getting all their ideas about who they're going to make runs at in terms of free agency and who they're going to make runs at in terms of the draft. So there's been a number of coaches that have already been hired because most teams are already in the uh off-season status. One of them is the Jets, who are awful this year in terms of their record. I think I saw some stuff in the Jets towards the end of the season that lets me know that they're not as bad. Uh, I know Parcells would disagree with me, but they're not as bad as their record suggests. Um, but I don't know what that means going forward for them either, because and, and they are as bad as their record is, though they are, man. They 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 stink. Well, I, they I'm not disagreeing that they aren't. As you know. that, they, that they don't stink. I'm just saying I watched the team at least show me some pride and not want to be. That's true. I, I get that. You, know, you could have, they could have easily rolled over at certain points in the season and right. they didn't do that. They kept right. like grinding, grinding, right. grinding, trying to win a game. And, you yeah. know, they ended up winning more than a game. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what their situation is with, with, with Darnold, but, you know, I keep hearing these rumors that uh, one of the teams that Deshaun Watson w wouldn't mind being traded to is the Jets. Please, uh, was kind of uh, memo to Deshaun Watson, do not do that to yourself. <laughs> if you going, if, if, if that's the case, you might as well just stay in Houston. Where it's I, warm. I, I don't, you I didn't got, you got a beautiful stadium, a dome stadium, it's warm. It's no, it's no, it's no income tax in uh in Texas. Stated, don't go to the Jets. At least not right now. Go to Florida. Go to Miami. That was yeah, the other now. team he mentioned was Miami. I mean, they don't have no state income tax down there. Right. You go now, to New York. I, I do think I do think that the Jets made a decent hire. Now whether oh, no, or not I like that. I like now that. whether or not they. I don't know what their front office situation is. Um, but you know, be patient with that. You got you got to give him at least yeah. Well, they give him the time three years, give him the time to turn it around because that's because they they're in the same position the Browns were just a few years ago. You completely dysfunctional. You got a, a culture of losing in there. Um, you got some ugly ass uniforms too. Um, There's <laughs> a lot of things that they need to get straight. You and these you and these ugly uniforms, dog. <laughs> they are. They look like the Great Kazoo. <laughs> it's awful but uh they got some things they got to turn around and that's going to take patience it's not going to happen overnight so um then you have the situation in jacksonville which i was shocked that uh the iron sheet backed up the brink here truck. we go here we go he's, I, he's always going to be the iron sheet it was shot shad time 
the owner of the <laughs> aka the iron sheik the owner of the jacksonville jaguars back of the bridge truck to get urban meyer which i was absolutely floored because you heard the rumors i'm like man urban is not going i didn't think go to jacksonville. i didn't think he was gonna do it i mean and it was what did he get like 12 million a year he got something stupid like that yeah something crazy some so like um, and most of the time college coaches don't make the transition well um into the NFL, but you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I think what you were kind of alluding to was that uh once again we don't have any uh minority, and I hate using the word minority. I'm not, I'm not gonna use the word minority. I'm just gonna come out and say because we're not the minority. Um there were no black coaches hired at all. Now, technically, Robert Selah, or however you pronounce his name in New York, technically, he's a minority. I think yeah, he's, he's a, a, a Middle Eastern descendant. Uh, he's a Muslim. Yeah, um, so. So he's a person of color. Uh, but there were no black coaches. So far, Houston still has their, their opening. Yeah, um, Houston is still open. But so far, uh, there aren't any Black coaches. Now, and, and let me and let me be clear. Every one of these openings don't need to be filled by a black person. I'm not saying that. Of course. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is it's rather funny that you know I've heard certain people's names, certain black coaches' names. Uh, mentioned in the hiring process, or excuse me, the interview processes for some some of these positions, and they go in and they they do the interview, yada yada yada, but they don't get hired. But then I'll hear about another coach that they hired, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like the kid that got hired for uh, Philly's job. Who the hell is Nick Sirianni? Yeah, who is that? Where did he come from? Where right, he was office coordinator somewhere at the Colts. Last year. The Colts, man. The Colts. Oh, the Colts. Okay. So, 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 let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You hired the head. I mean, uh, the offensive coordinator for the uh, Colts, but not the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, or right, the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Was that a left which yeah like yeah like um, I'm saying you give you give this dude the opportunity to be a coach you can't tell me it's because of experience or anything else how did he get the how did he yeah. get the, and, and 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 Siriana may end up being a very good coach so I'm not gonna throw shade at him I ain't good throwing shade my issue with this whole quote unquote Rooney rule thing uh, has been this. It started out, I think it was, it started out with a really good thought process. You know, because back in the day when Sean and I were kids, uh, and most of the folks that I think listen to, to our show are in our demographic uh, in terms of age. Yeah. So there were no black coaches. I think the only uh, one I can remember was, back then was Art Shell. Yeah. And the other, the only that other was person. The 80s. Of, uh, that was late in the 80s, early 90s. Yeah, uh, when Art Shell's along, and then you got guys like Ray Rhodes. Um, yeah, uh, you know you got a, uh, you had you ended up getting guys uh, like uh, 
what's my guy that's on channel uh, NBC now? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Dungy. Uh, then you got guys like Tony Dungy, uh, who finally, you know, not only was a good coach, but also ended up getting into the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, uh, showing that you know you can you can be still efficient and effective at your job regardless of whether you're a black dude or a white dude. Uh, but that was over the course of time, and we've had more since then. Um, Mike Singletary's been a coach uh, since that time. Not when we were kids, but since we've been. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sense in the modern era of football, this current era, you had several. Now, none of them have really, or with the exception of probably Marvin Lewis and Tomlin, I can't. Denny Green Green had a long tenure in uh, Minnesota, and Dungy had a long tenure between Tampa and Indianapolis, but most of the guys, they don't get a a fair shot. No. Um, a lot of them are like one and done. The, the problem I had with the Rooney rule, and I hate it, and I hate the way they've updated it too. They made it, they made it even worse. I didn't hate it at first. I hate it now. I didn't hate it at first because it got us, we didn't get guys in those interviews before. So initially yeah. it was a chance to give us an opportunity to get to the table and show that we knew how to interview Show right. that we deserve the opportunity, and the hope was that we interviewed, and people saw it. The owner saw it and said, "Wow, I never thought or never understood. Maybe I'll give this guy the shot." That didn't yeah. happen. It did get us in the room, but that didn't really happen. Now, some people should say you should be happy for whatever you get, and oh. there's a part of me. There's a part of me. I am happy for what I got. I'm not being ungrateful at all. But here's the thing. It was a time when we couldn't sit at uh, certain counters to ask for a cup of coffee, a glass of water, for any type of good service. So what happened? We had the Civil Rights Act. It kind of removed a lot of that stuff. And now I can go in there and I can sit at that table. But you know what I still might not get? Good service. It ain't changed that part. So the Rooney Rule ultimately was short-sighted. It only solved a piece of the issue, which was just allowing us an opportunity to sit right. down and have that and, interview. And, and you know what else happened too? And and with that, it became like every two years, there's like a two or three year cycle where you have your token black coach that gets interviewed by everybody just to fulfill the role. And, and it's just a formality. That's exactly that's where been, I'm going. So, so the last three three years has been Eric B. Enemy. Before that, it was Percy Fuel. Who was a defensive coordinator, like with the Giants, some other people? Um, Leslie Frazier, another Leslie, Leslie, Leslie Frazier actually got a job, he had got hired by the Vikings, but he wasn't there long. Um, so you, you just have your few, few guys, okay, we're gonna have um, you know, just to get them in there, or 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 what they'll do is they'll whoever they fire that year, they'll interview that person, that coach's assistants. To fulfill the running yep. rule, it's like yeah, well we we'll interview the running backs coach and so and so and so and so. Yep, we'll, and we'll just that, interview those guys. And say, no, we're no, not gonna hire them. So then we'll go in yeah. and hire our the guy we want, but we'll say, oh, we wanted somebody that was a different voice. We'll hear, oh, uh, we did an extensive search and this was the best guy out of them. It's not to say that they're lying all the time. I'm not saying that every single time they don't hire. A black dude or don't hire 
certain guys that yeah, are underqualified. Right. I'm not, I don't want anybody right. to misunderstand about where I'm actually going with this. What I'm saying is I want a fairer process. Yeah, there should be some black people and some white people and some Asian people and some, maybe some ladies and maybe some, uh, as we have a, a Muslim uh, brother that's a coach now, it should be more open. Uh, I think Ron Rivera is the only Hispanic that's ever been a head coach. No, Tom Flores was Tom Flores was one. So you, but they should have opportunities as well. It shouldn't just be uh, this inclusive, you know, exclusive rather thing. It should be inclusive. If, well, if you can, if you can draft a Mexican dude to play football, if you can draft a black dude to play football. Then why can't they be coaches? Why can't they be head coaches and trainers and uh, executives even? Why can't they? Well, you know what, man? It, it, it just comes down to, um, you know, still a good old boys network. And here, here, and here's my, my position on it. Um, I absolutely understand why things are the way they are. And I really, be honest, honest with you, I don't get angry when they don't, don't hire black folks necessarily. I don't get, um, because I, don't get I understand, you know, what's going on. There's a certain power structure. And this is in all facets yep. of life, not just in yep. America, just, uh, you know, worldwide. There's a power structure that's in place and they look out for their own. Yeah. Um, so what happens like in a coaching, a lot of people may not know, like in the coaching process, when teams are looking for head coaches, it's not just um, the GM you know, have a list of the candidates, a lot of times they get recommendations on mm -hmm. who they should interview. Right. And that comes down to nepotism sometimes. Not nepotism, but the whole thing is not about what you know, but who you know yeah. um, type of thing. And so it's like, okay, this guy, you know, he's cool with, with so-and-so and working away. So they'll suggest, well, why don't you give this guy a shot? And that's kind of how it uh how it works and why you see a lot of black coaches getting passed over you know well black uh assistant coaches or whatnot getting passed over for head coaching jobs that happens in in, in corporate america that happens you know all over the place man so really that that system because you you can't force these guys to 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 hire anybody they don't no. want to hire no so that system is not going to change until that old boys network starts to you know it has to change again where people change. get frustrated where people get frustrated with you know folks saying uh the 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 systematic racism they get frustrated when you say systematic racism but they don't understand that systematic racism it's not going to be expunged erased or eradicated with hiring, say a black coach or a black CEO or a black president, because it's ingrained, it's so long of a history, you have to almost change everything that's ever happened in order to do it. Right. So exactly. I'm like, you, I, don't get, I don't get mad, it's, it's maddening, it's frustrating, but I don't get mad. I get mad that people think it's like this fluky thing that we made up. I get mad at that, uh, but I don't get mad at the actual facts. Like I watch right. all these guys get hired, 
you know, I watch all these dudes get interviewed, you know, uh, Todd Bowles and all these guys who don't get two chances. How the hell, how the hell did, uh, what's the kid that just got fired in, in, uh, in uh, the Jets? How the hell did he get another shot so soon? Adam Gates, right, exactly. Adam Gates. Well, and, and look at this. And here, here, look, look at a guy like Marvin Lewis. Now, Marvin Lewis was the guy that didn't have a lot of success in the playoffs, but he was there in Cincinnati for about 11 years and, and had that franchise in a, in, a, in a space where it hadn't been in a long time before yeah. he got there. They, yeah. they were the dregs of the league. When yeah. Marvin Lewis got fired from Cincinnati, he didn't even get a sniff. If that Nobody would have been – right, if that would have been um, somebody like um, – um, what, what, what was like a mediocre coach that was in the league for a while, like a Rex Ryan? Uh, when he got when Rex Ryan who? got fired from uh, oh, Rex Ryan, when he yeah. got where, where did he get fired from first? Was it Buffalo? He got fired at, at no, he got fired at the Jets and went to Buffalo, right? Okay, yeah, so he didn't do all that great of a job it, with the Jets, but he got a, another shot like instant. That's the kind of stuff we were talking about. Where a guy like like Denny Green, it took him a minute to get back. He finally got another shot with the. Um, he got a shot with Arizona, Arizona. But most black coaches, once they get fired, like you said, they don't get that second chance. Look, look at Jim Caldwell. All Jim Caldwell did was take the, that 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 decrepit franchise to the playoffs twice. They were. And what did he get? And, and, and what did he get for his service? Fired. He got fired. And when has anybody else interviewed him or? Brought him in as a serious candidate. They have exactly. It. They have. But, it. but let Steve Fisher say. I mean, excuse me, Jeff Fisher say he wants to coach again. There'll be this buzz. Soon as Jeff Gruden said he wanted to coach again or might coach again, they right. hired him out in L.A. They and didn't Jeff go Fisher on those was eight and eight. Well, he's the most most eight and eight in his coach I ever seen in my life, and people thought Who's he was the, Fisher? Yeah. The, the best thing since Swiss. Jeff Chief. Fisher is the most mediocre dude ever, but he had that job for about. 62 years. <laughs> right. I mean, he went from Houston to uh, Memphis when they were playing in Memphis and then to Nashville. Yep. So and then went and then, then left there and went to the Rams and went eight and eight. <laughs> it's the same thing. Look, the same <laughs> squad, the same squad that went to the Super Bowl two years after the dude left. <laughs> right. The same squad he had Jared Goff and wasn't playing him because he was trying to keep his eight and eight shit intact. At that point, he didn't want to. He, he didn't want to not go eight and eight. He, <laughs> he like, oh, they really gonna fire me now if I don't go eight and eight. Right. Hell, he might have ruined uh, Gurley's uh, career. All that damn running him early on in his career, he was just running the right. shit out of him. Same thing sure he did with George. Oh man, they ran, they ran Eddie George like Earl Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And you know what Earl Campbell played? That's all they had. That's all the literally that was all it. they had was, was Earl Campbell and Billy White Shoes Johnson. That was it. That was, that was their whole they whole offense. And they but, just uh, that Earl didn't uh you know hurt himself or whatever during the you know uh during the game or whatever because they had listen, that was our game plan for next week too. <laughs> right that's why his his career got cut he only played like eight years something like that eight, yeah, because, listen, you can't carry the ball 45 times a game like this dude was carried like 35 
But you know, back in the day, that's what you had that feature back guy. Yeah, those bell cows. You know? I mean, but he was, but what they did to Earl Campbell was ridiculous, man. If you look, go back and look at his carry, he was averaging something like 400 carries yeah. a season. Listen, which is yeah. insane. And think about that. Think about that. And this was during a time where, you know, getting like all these hits that would be personal files now. Like right. I was trying to explain to people. I was trying to explain to people this. And they were like, what football do you watch? I'm like, man, head to head, helmet to helmet hits. It's actually a oh, part of the football I've, I've watched in my life. Yeah. They they didn't believe it. I said, go go back and look. Helmet to helmet only became a penalty in '96. It it wasn't that ain't some stuff that happened in in 1955. Right. That happened all the way in '90. I was four years out of high school when that became a penalty. Right. But guys were doing it all the way up until then. That's football. You lower your record, the NFL marketed kill shots. Yeah. Think about it, bro. Why do you think? Why do you think on these newer gaming systems? Because it wasn't that way when we used to play uh on Atari, of course. And it wasn't that way even when we first started playing Madden on Nintendo and Sega. But once you started getting to the PlayStations, uh the Dreamcast, and uh now you know your Xboxes and your Xbox Ones. They got this hit called a hit stick. That was a part of the game where you just want to run up on somebody, boom, and just clean their asses out. And that's it. You're done. Uh -huh. I don't care how I hit you. I don't care if it was with the crown of my helmet. I don't care if it was with my forearm. I don't care if it was with my cleat. I'm, I'm here right. to knock your ass out. But we've all said this. A part of that is one of the reasons why tackling is so awful anymore. It's because these guys want to do, I said that about Taki Taki last week. I said that about, uh, uh, damn. Mac Wilson. Bumped into my uh, desk. Uh, yeah, and I said that about Mac Wilson. You guys always wanted, and not just them specifically, but the newer generation of guys, you want to make that, uh, that powerful, just knock your ass out type of hit. But it's been happening for forever. It's been going on for forever. This didn't just start. This has always happened. So, you know, you 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 got to understand as you try to move uh, forward into what's happening in these games, as you start to move forward, what's happening, uh, not just in uh, the NFL, but every, because even in the NBA, if you go back to the NBA, there was stuff that, Remember the game used to be so. Remember every year Princeton would go to the NCAA uh, uh, championship yeah. to the NCAA's and they would beat somebody or compete yeah. with somebody. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about the fundamentals will always be what the fundamentals are. But right. understand that that team ain't gonna beat Kentucky with Boogie and with uh, 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 AD. You're not gonna beat them. But you still have to have that that fundamental play of football. You got to have it. And that's where the tackling comes in. That's why I was going after Magnum. At the end of the day, I don't mind a hit stick hit. What I do mind is that you're trying to do a hit stick hit when you just need to wrap this dude up. Right. Just just make the simple play. Just make, make the, the simple play. Just do the small stuff. And that leads to you guys uh, you know, winning those games. But 
you know, back to where we started with, with this whole uh, coaching situation. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Because again, we'll be right back here in these same spots with some of these teams. Like you just hired the wrong guy. So we'll be back cleaning up a mess. Right. Uh, well, it, looks like, it looks like Houston is going to hire either Leslie Frazier or Bienemy. Um Now, Frazier might have the inside track now because they're out of the playoffs. He so. might. He might. But I'll be honest with you. If I'm them, I, get, I do my due diligence on both. If I'm Houston. And... Yeah, well, man, too. Say, like everybody, everybody's like in a hurry too. You don't have to be in a hurry to to hire your head coach. You want the right guy. Um, so I agree with that. One thing that's interesting too. I think John Dorsey got hired by the Lions. Well, he did. Um, I'm tell you what. I don't know that the Lions are in a um in terms of their their. I have to look to see, but their trades and uh, where where their position in terms of uh, the draft and stuff like that, what like trade value and stuff like I, I need to see where that is. But John Dorsey tends to to be able to spot talent. Uh, I don't know where their where their uh, draft positions are or how many uh, draft picks right. they have, but the dude can spot talent. Yeah, because my cousin asked me about that because my cousin is a Lions fan and we're still wondering how that happened. We was like, because he that's my uncle's my uncle Steve's son, one of his sons. Okay. Okay. Like that is a diehard Browns fan. You grew up, you were born in Cincinnati. Yeah. How did, how did that grew, work? Grew up, grew up in Chicago. And yet he is a Detroit Tigers and a Detroit Lions fan. And to this day, we don't know how it's happened. And he doesn't know. But he, like, he has he ever lived in Detroit or he just. No, my uncle did live in Detroit, but I don't think he was born yet. If he was, he might have lived in Detroit, but he would, if he was living in Detroit, he was a baby. And it was only for maybe like a year or two. Bro, that is the so worst. We don't know. If you're going to pick an awful franchise, man, pick the Browns. I know what it is. You know what? He did. I think he did live in Detroit for a minute, like in Southfield. But okay. But he's a dog. I mean, he, he is loyal. That That's his squad. So he had texted me. He was like, man, what do you think about John Dorsey? And I was like, with the Lions, how you like, yeah, the Lions about to hire him. And I said, well, you've got a good football guy, old school. He's not too much into analytics, but he's a very solid. You know, he's going, he can spot talent. I think that's a good hire, Yeah, you know, for the Lions. They got a college coach, too. They got that guy from uh, Iowa State that they've been hyping up for the last, like, eight years, it seems like. And Dan I mean, Campbell, and he got a job. So, but I think it's good that if you're going to have a college coach, that you got a good personnel guy. You got to like, have a good personnel guy. Dorsey, the. And that's the question that I would have down in Jacksonville. Like, what is. What is and who is the general manager and what is that relationship like with Herb? Herb like, Meyer is the general manager of that damn. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day. Herb at the end of the day, Herb, Herb, like, no, not him, dog. Not him. Right. Whoever the uh, general manager is, how is that gonna work? Name only. I just don't know how that works. Like for him. Right. How does that work for, for Herb? Because Herb ain't never did it on this level. So how do you allow a guy? who hasn't done it on this level to just have full reign. It hasn't gone well for a bunch of guys with that exact same recipe. Um, it did no, go it for Nick Saban. Nick Saban whole... had kind of full run. Uh, so did uh, Spurrier. Spur uh, Spurrier yeah. was, was ball coach. The old ball coach. He was awful. 
So it was uh, Lou Holtz. All these guys were bad. Right. All these guys were bad. And I, it's not saying that you can't, that that recipe never will work. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a tough, apparently, uh, there's still uh, my homie, uh, Scrap Iron's, uh, uh, what they call that, uh, his, uh, his line from the script of uh, the latest man, being a uh, college coach and coming into the pros and being successful, that's a, sh a tough shoe to polish. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough shoe to polish. Like you just, you, these guys don't make the transition. And I still think it has a lot to do with the players. Because now, so say like you got a Wayne Haskins. Herb drafted this kid, or excuse me, uh, recruited this kid. So to you, you're like, oh, I got my guy, uh, Dwayne. Yeah, but Dwayne got uh, $12 million in the bank. He ain't the same kid that was on campus that was afraid of right. him. He's not the same guy. He's a totally different kid at this point. And I think that would be the start of it. The second part of it is when you're that guy on campus, that's on campus. This ain't campus. Like it's hard for them to lose the fact that they're not in control of everything. You know, imagine Spurrier at Florida, Holtz at Notre Dame. Herb at Florida, Herb at Ohio State. Man, them dudes could have did whatever, wherever, however. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing. Paterno at Penn State, you know, not trying to bring up bad stuff, but no, just think about the air and the and the and the and the, you know the he didn't worry about nothing that was happening there. He he shoot, he pulled his own car. He punched his own car. Nobody was talking crazy nobody all right whatever you say coach and that was it that was kind of right. old school and these guys still do the same type of stuff thinking that they could do the same thing in the nfl but this is corporate america this ain't this ain't that this is a different type of situation so it'll be interesting to see how these guys make that transition that uh what you say he went to chicago uh the coach was that uh, the the college coach you just said uh, from Dan Iowa. Campbell. No, he Dan Campbell's in Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago yeah. kept that net. They stay with Nagy. They stay with, yeah, Nagy. Stay with Nagy. Yeah. Uh, I. You know what? I ain't against that. I'm not totally against that. I, I'm not sure that I would have stayed with him, but I'm he not. Got, totally he got against to the playoffs with with Nick Foles and and Trubisky. So evidently he can coach. But he, I think he's in a position where. You know, Chicago is like Cleveland. Like, Chicago has been looking for a quarterback since, yeah. since, since, since time eternal. Well, for sure. When 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 one of your best quarterbacks, uh, when, when, when we talk about their best quarterbacks, and one of them might possibly be Dan Orlovsky, yikes. Right. <laughs> yikes. Like, the, uh, and the other possible best quarterback that you have is Trubisky. And Jake Cutler. Well, listen, man, I don't, you know why I don't include color in that? <laughs> wise now, now, I will agree 1,000% talent-wise. Talent-wise, I don't know that they have a better option than Jay Cutler. The dude could flat out uh, ball when he wanted to. Like, he would have games where you would just say to yourself, what is this dude's problem? And not because he did something bad. You're just like, I remember, this dude just threw for 400 yards, two games straight. Like five touchdowns, no interceptions. 
each game. And then he'll have a game where he like, oh, I couldn't hit a dude on my team if they were standing right next right. to him. Like, I just didn't understand. Yeah, his... Jay, Jay Cutler was Jeff George 2.0. <laughs> That's all. Not Jeff George. Jeff George was a gunslinger, though. Jeff was Color. Color was a gunslinger. But they, but they both so? played. I, I, never, I never saw him. I thought I saw him as a thrower, not so much as a gun. Jeff George just didn't see a ball. He didn't think he could throw through your no, chest. Color, Color had an arm, man. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying he didn't have an arm, but he could just throw. Like, his ball was pretty. His ball, he right. looked good doing it. The uh, reason why the reason why I call it cut like Jeff Forrest 2.0 is because they both play like they didn't give a damn. But it was only certain games that he played like that. It was certain games where this dude looked like he was totally locked in. Uh Jay Cutler did. Totally locked in. And I don't mean like locked in with my passes. He mm -hmm. would be totally locked in with whatever the offense was calling for when he was in, in Denver and when he was in Chicago. I saw it. But then there would just be these games and these periods of games. And you're like, what the hell is this dude doing? Right. And what, what happened, you know, when Jay Cutler retired, he was supposed to have a broadcasting gig. And that went away quickly. I wonder what he did. He probably, probably pissed somebody off. <laughs> I don't know. So... He, listen, he's too weird. Yeah. Because remember, he retired and then all of a sudden he was down in Florida, uh, down in Miami. Like, out of nowhere. He's short. That's why he didn't get that broadcasting job, yeah. right? He didn't go to the Dolphins. Yeah. I forgot about that. He retired, was supposed to do some other stuff, and then yeah, yeah, the yeah, Dolphins yeah. came and waved uh, a checkbook in his face. Yeah, they gave him a bunch of money for that one year, and he absolutely stunk. And he was all, look, and he didn't even care. That was the other problem. Like, you could yell at this dude, and he'd be, like, looking at you like he, he can't even see you, dog. He's looking through you. Right. It was so weird, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh some of these hires. I I always try to bring up stuff on the show that might keep us more aware. We want to talk about more than just the stuff that happens on the field. We want to talk about the stuff that happens uh in the front offices as well. Uh because I think that you know our show needs to be more aware. Because I don't know that everybody else is being as aware as we are at times, or as aware, uh, uh, as aware as we can be at times, because we both feel similarly about, uh, you know, racial divides. We live in this city right here behind me, one of the best cities, you know, that I've been in. I've been all around the world, but I always want to come back home. This is home to me. But it's one of the most racially divided cities on the planet. Yeah, ain't as bad as it, as it used to be. It's not as bad as it used to be. But, but at one point in time, it was extremely It's a lot and of people. And you know, the crazy part is now, when you bring that up, a lot of people kind of act like that. They look at me crazy when we talk about, talk about that. Like it never, like it didn't exist. Some people do. Some people remember. I was like, because, you know, it was a time where, we didn't cross that bridge at all because it would be a problem if you where's that that bridge right there that bridge we ain't gonna cross that bridge that leads to the west side i gotta i gotta do it the opposite way i keep i keep forgetting because right the way it is so that bridge right there that's the detroit bridge the detroit superior bridge we didn't go across there we knew on the west side was a different world 
I mean, I had to get bused to the West Side in the, in the second and third grade to go to the first busing program. I did too. Um, we went to the zoo. We was over there into the airport, and yep. and that was it. That like, was it. My mom is sixty seven years old and has no concept of the West Side of Cleveland whatsoever. Neither does my mom. Like, and, and, and doesn't want to, and, and and doesn't want to go over there. You just didn't go to the West Side, and yep. guess what? There's West Siders that feel the exact same way. Exact same way. Yeah. And they still listen. I still see it on the you know on Facebook, Cleveland.com. Somebody somebody gets killed and they're like, of course, it's on the east side. What do they expect? So and it was crazy now the west side is just as bad as the east side now. But it I remember, a, you know, when I was working, bro. you know, when I got older and started working downtown, and so it's now you mingling with the West Siders. You ask them, well, where did you grow up? And I'd be like Cleveland Heights. And it was like Cleveland Heights. I heard of it, but I don't I've never been over there. I don't know what it's like. And it, it kind of thing was like, you don't have any idea what it's so no. even though I didn't go on the west side, I knew west side neighborhoods. I knew where Fairview Park was. I knew they where Carmel was. I knew they where it was. Like, you they know, but, but no. you know what? I found out the same, the same feeling that you felt where I kind of understood that those areas existed. I did realize later as I got older that I didn't know anything about it because I was I grew up under that same kind of rule and not the rule, but you grew up with that, like it's the West Side. I don't go to the West Side. You just kind of grew up that way. And I went to the service, met uh, a a girl from. She was from uh, Rexville. Okay. And she was, you know, she was like super cool. Gina was super cool, and she used to date one of my friends. And they used to say to me like all the time, like, "Oh yeah, well y'all both from Cleveland." I'm sorry, not Brexford. She was from Brunswick. I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah, well, y'all both from Cleveland, so I'm sure y'all know, you know, this place or that place that y'all are talking about. I'm like, I'm in Brunswick. I don't know nothing about no damn Brunswick. And guess what? I'll guarantee you she don't know nothing about no damn Kansman or Warrensville. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nothing about neither one of those. You know what I mean? And But it did make me start to think while I was in the service, I said, when I get back home, uh, I wanted to learn. I mean, I'm a, I am felt like I was the biggest Clevelander on the planet. I was always repping Cleveland, but it was a whole entire half of my damn city that I don't know nothing about. Oh, right. I didn't care to know about at the time. So I just decided I was going to do better. And I have done better. Um, I, I've, I've experienced and seen some, some different stuff on the West Side. That wasn't too bad, and like you said, I agree with you. The West Side, I don't know why y'all playing. Y'all act like it's some, some, uh, you know, follow the yellow brick road and everything is just beautiful over here. No, the hell it ain't. It's <laughs> no. part of the West Side where you don't go your ass at, at after a certain time of night either. And right. it ain't just white. And look, it ain't just black people and Puerto Ricans that you need to be worried about. It's just where you are, and that's just how it goes down. That you know, but that's that's how the whole racial thing gets played out, and it is what it is. But I love my city regardless, and I love the people who live here because I think overall, you know, the folks here are good folks, but there's some bad folks here too, and I'm not gonna act like that don't happen either. Oh, so we definitely. can all do a better job, we can all do a better job, and I think we should. We can all spend time down at the stadium. Uh, whether it's the Indians, whether it's the Cavs, whether it's the Browns, and we can high five each other, 
we could also sit and drink beer and talk to each other when it ain't a game. We just got to do better. And the problem is we got this huge divide, not just in the city, but in this country, and we just got to try to find a middle ground. So it really ain't, at the end of the day, man, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what your, you know, race, and really it's only, really, it's really only one race, and that's a human race at the end of the day. That's it. Um, to be honest with you. But everybody is pretty much, for the most part, trying to do the same thing. Everybody trying to make a living. If you got a family, you want to take care of your family. Make sure your kids get a good education. That's it. That's it. And you want to keep, and you, you want to be, and you want to be safe. That's, That's pretty much where everybody is, is 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 scrapping and scraping, doing every getting up. You know, six o'clock in the morning, going to work, scratching and surviving. Right. Good times. That's, that's <laughs> what everybody everybody is doing. But everybody gets caught up in the. Uh, um and this petty stuff. Yep. And it's and it's time out for that, man. Sometimes you just have a dialogue with people. Like when I still I still do a little Uber and a little Lyft. Um, more so just Lyft because Uber be on some BS, but that's another story. Um <laughs> but I talk to my pet, you know, sometimes you end up on the west side and neighborhoods in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County that I didn't know existed. Yeah, it's some gorgeous neighborhoods in Cuyahoga County. Yes, it is beautiful neighborhoods. Yes, it is. And you know, and I know it's some people that probably got in my car that probably don't interact with, with black people too much. And sometimes you just talk. And sometimes when you talk, you have more in common with people than you than you realize. Yep. You know, we, we we tend to make assumptions about people based on skin tone, economic background, and and whatnot. Well, a lot of times you get to talking to people, man, you got the, you know. Same issue. They got family problems like you got family problems. They got people yep. sick in their family like you got people sick in your family. Yeah. You know, so like I said, it's time out for like the petty stuff. And you know, everybody needs to come. And I know this sounds myopic because it probably you know it never happened. Everybody's not gonna come to know kumbaya moment, everybody comes to an agreement, everybody it's loves a process. each other. That's not it's a process, bro. But yeah, but you know, time out for you know, sometimes just sit down and maybe just talk to somebody of a different background and have an honest conversation without being judgmental or presumptuous and, and the thing, thing you have to do too is actually listen everybody wants to be right sometimes it's just not listen. about being right it's not about yeah. right or wrong in some cases it's just about understanding where this person is coming from yeah put yourself in that person's shoes and hopefully they can do the same you can maybe kind of come to some type of middle ground and understand at least that. some level of understanding even if you still don't agree with the overall idea, right? You can still have some respect that this you understand where this person is coming from. So you okay with them, you know, feeling a little bit different. It, we gotta we gotta kill this whole apparently if you disagree, you're a hater, or if you disagree, then you're an idiot, or if you disagree, then stop. people use the word, man. The word hater has been completely taken out of context. I don't think that the loonies intended when they came up with the song Player the Hater. I don't think the loonies intended for it to be used the way it is right now. I mean, shoot, we 25 years later, of course they did. They just thought they was coming up with some, some cool stuff. We didn't realize it was going to be a part of the culture for a generation. Right. You know, but here it is. And, you know, people over using hater and using like negative uh, tones. Or, or, or words to people because they yeah. don't agree with you or don't, you don't feel like, the same way. You don't like little little Uzi Vert. You you are a hater. No, I don't like little Uzi Vert because he stinks. Because he stinks. That's why I don't like little little Uzi Vert. Why do I have to? I gotta love little Uzi Vert. I got you. Right. 
No, I don't. Like what happened to my individualism? So, right. you know, and that's where it is. Like, you know, you have to appreciate people for who they are, whether you like them or not, whether you, you know, I, I respect a lot of people I don't like, to be honest. And then there's some people I don't like or respect. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Right. Because they haven't given me anything to respect. But I can I can live with you being different and live with you being uh, having a different uh, idea or concept from me. But you you're going to respect me as a person, and I'm going to respect you as a person, regardless. We can still work together. We can still go to lunch together. I don't have to do your political affiliations. I don't have to do your you know any of your other little personal situations that you might have and you don't have to do mine and we can still be okay with each other like we just got to find that common ground and it just doesn't seem like that's where we've been but we need to get back to trying to do that have a sense of community have a sense of love for men and 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 for for us as as the human race and as americans period so that's it i ain't want to i ain't mean to take us off on those uh, political tangent or on a racial tangent, but it does need. I don't to, even think that was really racial. I think that's that's just that's just uh, that's just you know, part of the humanity. Period. But some people are gonna hear it and say that because that's where we are. Yeah. Right now. Again, again, we're talking about people who oversaturate us with hater and oversaturate us with whatever. So I don't, you know, I want to make sure that we all understand this is something that's important to me, uh, to Sean. And we can disagree and we can agree and we can like each other still, regardless. We just come back to the table. We all back in the same sand pit come Monday because we all got to do the same thing, take care of our families and make sure everybody's good. And I care about all of you guys. Again, always have, always will. Y'all can dislike me or dislike my rants. I'll just curse you out and, and out. Right. <laughs> right. So, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on today? No, I think I'm good. Uh, again, pretty decent games today. Uh, the second game was a little slow, especially in the second half. But uh, overall, I was I was cool with the games. Uh, and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll talk about the. Uh, Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, you know what? I just thought about it, man. We we probably won't do our preview Wednesday because we got it's two weeks between Super Bowls. Oh, that's right. I mean, I mean between games, between a championship game and the Super Bowl. So there's some things that may play out as far as injuries and whatnot. So let all that check out before we give our uh, you know our pregame analysis. We'll check into that. Come next. Uh, not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after this. Right, exactly. We'll touch in uh, with our uh, Super Bowl picks and whatever. But, uh, you know, we'll see you guys at some point during the middle of the week. Again, check us out on all streaming platforms, uh, Google, Apple. Uh, yeah, IG, 2000Mike216, Facebook, 2000Mike216, and on all streaming platforms. Come on, at us. We we there Spotify. Uh, you know, we're we're there. Come look for us, two guys in a mic, TWO, guys in a mic two one six. We're there. Uh, we're waiting for you. If you guys come to the YouTube page, hit that subscribe button. Uh comment, like our page on Instagram and on Facebook. Comment. 
because all of that content that goes out and that you guys respond to, uh, we will do everything that we can to try to respond back uh, in the best way, uh, in the best manner possible, because we appreciate you guys. Uh, Sean, you got anything else, bro? No, I'm good, man. So I just want you to have a good week. I love you. Um, be safe. I hope you Thank you, man. Safe. Thank I you. Will, uh, safe. We love you too, man. We'll see you sometime in the middle of the, middle of the week. Peace, y'all. All right. Peace out. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Please tune in for our midweek edition of our podcast. Until then, peace.